Everybody. If you're getting for NaNoWriMo, I wanted to let you know about a little class I'm teaching on the Speakeasy platform. I'll be teaching NaNoWriMo Boot Camp on Tuesday, October 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can sign up at speakeasy.com. Come in and hang out and let's talk about NaNoWriMo. But I've only got 50,000 words to go before the end. Anyway, this is Ditch Diggers number 23, season 7. Good God. Yeah. Seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Ursula here, and we're going to be talking about kidneys, and also Impossible. we're going to go back to projects that did not um, sell. So that'll be yeah, what we're talking about. projects that sold, but then... Uh, my thing is, is usually projects that sold, but then died for reasons that may or may not be beyond your control. Ditch Digger's up here and ain't no wannabes here With some not-so-nice advice for your writing career To be clear, no punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off, believe me, she'll come after me And her co-host met Evan Wallace on the right Yes, she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight Settle in, folks, buckle in and boot up. Time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up. It's hard work, but the perk is that it's fun and exciting. Facebook will still be there when you're done writing. Ditch Diggers! Ditch Diggers! Uh. So how have you been, Murr? What have you been up to these last week or two? <laughs> you jerk. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, it's, it, it's, hmm. I had a sick family member, lots of driving. Um, yeah. Got, a lot of life bullshit. Yeah, some life bullshit and some interesting life stuff that I can't, uh, talk about yet because it's not real yet, but it might be real, but... If I get this right, then I can see chat or connect to chat. Yay! Okay, now I can send the thing. God. <sighs> hey, Annie, thanks for the subscription. Good to see you. Yes, Mer's got purple hair now. Um, anyway. So unlike I should be writing, this will probably be a lot more freeform and a lot more interacting with chat because at this point we're just like I don't know it's it's is it a podcast is it a stream is it I'm just wow okay I want to say hi to all the new followers thank you Ursula every time I have you on you bring new people to me and I really uh, hope they uh, stick around because it's fun having you on and you've got the most interesting fans of anyone I know but oh, uh, I want to say hi to Fuzzwolf, K. Kimmy, Starred Green is here, Kids Are Asleep is here, um, Preemie's here, Under Pope, Kidneys Are My Favorite Organs, um, Preemie's message about the uh, scary thing, Christian Writing is here, Sorio, Vale Who Fights Cast, Cat is cheering for another Ursula stream, Inkblot is here, hello, welcome, 
And uh, CPAP user user unite says Fuzzwolf. Woo! Horror writers never think their stuff is scary. I, you're right, Premi. I. Yeah. No, I I genuinely thought the Twisted Ones was scary because I set out to write stuff that would scare me. Ah. Uh, and I think I think it's there's two things. There's this is interesting, but since I wrote it, it's not scary. And there's. I'm going to write about something that scares the ever-loving crap out of me so that everyone else will also be scared of it so I'm not a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> or some of you are so a weirdo. Accept oh, okay. it. But uh, I still have to write a book about uh, things in mirrors. That's going to be my next uh, uh, stuff that scares me thing, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, um, mirrors are scary. So Annie's here, Ryder Benjamin's here, yes, purple hair. Jordan's here, hi, I've evaded the chat 10-minute timeout and can chat. Um, the Rota wants to know when Castle Hangnail rights revert. Um, uh, my agent's actually working on it, um, so that I can presumably write a sequel at some point. It's uh, technically, I believe, out of print in, hard in hardback, so uh, we're in talks. Uh, I don't have a sequel like written. I have one started, but I haven't touched it for quite a while. It would be fun to write a sequel to it. Um, yeah, we got... Uh... <laughs> Kids Are Asleep says, Things in Mirrors are the most creepy, or most scary, and Bill Fights Cat says, I'm looking forward to the inevitable T. Kingfisher Terror Owl novel someday in the future. Thank you for the follow, <laughs> Lady Veritas. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to actually try to start this the normal way. Um, Do it! Oh, thank you for the follower heater hands. Wow, this is exciting. I'm so glad I put my Halloween uh, alert up, because I'm getting to see a lot of alerts. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, coming to you live from the um, corn maze at the Ditch Diggers Manor. And we are lost. Uh, it is the Ditch Diggers with Ursula Vernon, a.k.a. T. Kingfisher, standing in for Matt. And I am Mer Lafferty. Ditch Diggers is a show where we stream live on Twitch, and we talk about the business of writing more than the craft. But uh, these days, it just kind of devolves into chatting about weird stuff. Sorry, Ursula? Yeah. I was like, honestly, after a point, you've either, either figured out the craft, or uh, and if you haven't, it's unlikely that... I will be able to tell you anything about it. Well, it's unlikely. It's unlikely you care because if you have reached the career point where you're selling stuff and you don't care about craft, either you're really good or you're bad and it still sells. Probably more than yes. my stuff does. So, um, I mean, yeah. sorry. Also, I'm a terrible teacher, so you know. <laughs> That's why I don't do workshops, people. It's not that I hate you all. It's that. I would panic and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Write a word. Yes, word's good. Yes. Guys, the teeth, really. Really. I mean, if I wrote what scared me, it would be spiders that are dentists. Or dentist spiders. Oh, crap, I should warn you, there's a scene in Metal and Bone that may bother you. I've, I've read Metal and Bone. Oh, oh, right. Oh, okay. Then, yes. You, you, yeah. All right. The thing was, you made it painless, so... That was less terrifying. Hey, look, I have uh, my I my dentist is like suffering from a lack of hygienist, so they don't know when they can fit me in for my first appointment in like you know pandemic years. Mm -hmm. And 
I was all, I'll be honest, I'm freaked out. Is there something you can do? And my dentist just like wrote me a prescription for five Xanax and is like, take one right before you come in. Yep. We'll call you when we have an opening. That's... So I love my dentist for that. Yeah, that's what good dentists do. But um, anyway, for me, stuff that's going on is mainly I've got to turn to uh, my... I have copy edits for my novel due at the end of the month. Oh, thank you for the follow. Indeed, Distract. Welcome. Copy um, edits are a thing that happens. And I think I missed Book and following as well. Oh, hey, Alistair slash Marguerite. Good to see Hi. you. Um, and so, yeah, I've got copy edits due at the end of the month. I've got uh, an outline due soon, like today, like Friday, last Friday. We're not going to talk about that, but I am going to talk about... Um, well, actually, you've got something big coming up. Say what you're working on first. Uh, what am I working on? Oh, I'm... Uh, uh, go actually, at the moment... Uh, I just handed in, like, a big novel, and then, so I get, like, two months where I can work on whatever projects for me that I want to, uh, which is great, but I've been uh, uh, working on a kid's book that just came uh, back to me, and this is the, uh, sometimes your publisher decides they can't publish a book that you have sold them for whatever reason, and will sell you the book back. Or, I mean, sell is, is more technical than actual, what actually happens. You don't have to, like, give back the advance, usually. Uh, you just write a different book, and they buy that one, and as part of the terms, you get the other book back. <coughs> That's what happened to me with Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. And boy, I bet they're regretting that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Uh, honestly, I bear no ill will whatsoever on that one, partly because, you know, it has been wildly successful, but also the point where it landed in kind of the cultural gestalt was so once-in-a-lifetime uh, luck of tapping into that exact moment that it, it, it would have not done a tenth as well if it had come out, you know, back in uh, 2014 or whatever. Right. So it's one of those I'm not even mad. Uh, but I don't think book, they regret it. It's possible. Yeah. I, I have been so good about not saying, hey, did you see Wizard Guide won another award? Because <laughs> I don't really want to set those bridges on fire. Uh, but ironically, the same editor had these, we have the same problem with another book, which was I, they were excited, they bought it, and then. Uh, I, I should say, most people, if they sell a book, the book will get published. Like, yes. once you've sold a book, 99 times out of 100, that book is getting published. This is not a thing that you have to, like, stay up late worrying about, you're, that you're like, I've sold the book, oh god, what if they don't buy it now? They're published now. It, right. It's the opposite of Hollywood, because Hollywood is like, yes, 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 until it's pretty much inevitably no. And with publishing you get no's across the board until you get a yes and when the yes comes then the book comes out almost always yes it is uh, this is not something that you need to worry about much i just in my usual uh weird ass fashion have had it happen twice but uh and and 
I think this is this is calling back to something you discussed with Gail Carriger earlier. I don't I don't know. I, I haven't actually listened to that episode. But uh, if a book is not going to be published, there's probably there's a couple of reasons that can happen, and I want to say a third of the time it's your fault, a third of the time it's the editor's fault, and a third of the time it's nobody's fault. And like uh, the it's your fault thing is something like um, you hand in a book that is total. Cr that, okay, say you sold a book based on the first couple chapters and a proposal. Great, and you hand it in and it's unsalvageable crap. That's really rare. It's right. been known to happen, but. Uh, maybe you couldn't end a book, whatever, but usually that's not going to be the problem. More commonly, I think particularly in, in genre fantasy, uh, you hand it in a book that's 800 pages long, and oh the editor is like, okay, so either you can chop this in half, and I'm not saying we're buying the second book, we're just saying we can't publish it at this length, or you take a whole bunch out or something and you uh, refuse to do that, say, and then everybody just kind of stares at each other over email for a while. And <laughs> I'm not even going to ask how that happens. Oh, you know uh, how it happens. Premi and does mention that uh, people can have their books orphaned if uh, after acquisition, that usually happens when your editor leaves. Yes. Um, I've been lucky enough. That's happened to me twice, but the books did not get canceled. So yeah. that's a big relief, but I have heard it is a thing. Yeah, I've, I don't know of any books being canceled on orphaning, but it is possible. So what usually happens, honestly, is that uh, the book sinks without a trace because it doesn't have a champion in marketing. Yeah. Occasionally, you know, you get lucky. Uh, I got very lucky with my orphaning. Um, anyway. Yeah, I got lucky with six weeks. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll see how Station Eternity does. Yeah. I'd say pre-order, but you can't yet, so. It's really good, people. You're gonna want it. Uh, it means so much that you think that. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. And then, okay, I, I'm gonna get this out, damn it, while I'm, I'm very sorry. I get distracted. No, no, it's all good, Mer. Uh, it's your podcast. Uh, there's about a third of the time it's the editor's fault. You handed in a book that was not the what the editor thought they were getting, and they are just not okay with it, or they want to make a bunch of changes, and some of them are not great. Some of them may be awesome, you know. I, it's it's you have to change things for an editor frequently, but uh, I have had editor bought a book and editor's tastes change over time between handing in the book and uh, later. Are you going to say why, or just want to go on? No, I'll I'll say it. Uh, there was a uh, it was a children's book, and I had an editor who was a lovely person, and between selling the book. And the book basically being received, uh, they had a kid and became hypersensitized to anything with children in peril. And this happens to people, but it made it extremely difficult when you're writing a book about a kid because there has to be some peril. Yes. Uh, and... You know, it happens most of the time they, they get over these things, uh, sometimes they don't. Uh, and that could just be a general, you have put something in the book that the editor is not down with at all. And, you know, it could be any. 
sometimes I'll be honest, I think the editor just like gets distracted or overworked or is not prioritized stuff and years go by and you're just kind of fiddling with, you know, minor edits and eventually they're like, I don't know what I'm doing with this book. And you're like, yes, I can see that. Uh, and then the other third of the time, uh, basically the universe just screwed you over. Yeah. Like, uh, if you, uh, there was that poor guy who wrote a book that came out a week before 9-11 where oh, terrorists flew planes into the World Trade Center. And if that book's release date had been scheduled for a week after, that book would never have come out. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty, I, I will bet you dollars to donuts that at least one or two pandemic books just did not come out that we're going to. And usually what happens is the editor is like, I am so goddamn sorry, but no, we, we cannot do this right now. And that is, I mean, that's nobody's fault. Life happens. I should add there's another clause where it's your fault, and that is you've been such an unredeemable ass in public. Yes. That the publisher is like, you know, we just do not want to be associated with you anymore, so here's your book back, and uh, don't darken our door again. I am sure none of our listeners will ever do a thing such as that, but I will say that uh, after uh, Milo Yiannopoulos did that, yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, there started being morality clauses in almost all of my contracts. Yeah, that's not cool, though. No, there, there's not. It's not. But uh, no. it's basically, uh, the morality clause is basically a legal thing saying, if you make yourself so utterly toxic, we are not on the hook for publishing this anymore. But there's not a lot of description on what's utterly toxic, so... Exactly. So, you could have uh, people pulling your books because you put in a gay relationship or something like that because they find that toxic. So exactly. it's, morality clauses are... It's a lot of, uh, I don't know what I... What, I, don't, I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it kind of problem, and that's really hard to put in a contract. And depending on the publisher, uh, it will not be anything like that. Uh, like, I, I have no fear of uh, any of the publishers I work with pulling something for uh, having a gay relationship in a book. But uh, it's if, you know, they find out that you're an axe murderer, um, they... And I, it, it's that weird slope between, I feel like they should have a legal out if I turn out to be an axe murderer. But... At the same time, they should have a lot more specific wording. But how do you have specific wording over... Because, you know, uh, what's the joke? Every, every, law, every bylaw or regulation is uh, written in someone's blood. Right, because someone did it. Yeah, like uh, if you've ever had a dealer's table at a convention, you will find things like your display may not be over 12 feet tall. And it's like, who had a 12 foot tall display? And then you yeah. look and it's like, no, that was written in blood. Yeah. So anyway, uh, my book got, uh, it was, the, like I said, you know, the editor's taste changed and then we went back and forth for so long and they didn't quite know what they wanted and they and it's not their fault. There was a lot going on. I, I bear no ill will, but uh, I wound up, I will have the book back once we sign the contract on the new one. And 
So what I've been doing is going through and occasionally undoing things that I had done for that particular editor since I'll be self-publishing this because I'm like, wait, I can make the monster even scarier, hot damn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all right, no, I am going to add that thing back in. I think kids will think that's fantastic kind of stuff. So, uh, but it's weird because I literally handed this book in in 2014. So I'm like... The one you got back? Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm looking at uh, uh, being, you know, it's like you have to collaborate with past you from seven years ago kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I actually worry about if, you know, people say they want a follow-up to this series that got canceled. And I'm like, I don't even know if I could write one at this point. Yeah, it's, it's stuff moves on. You're, yeah. you're not the same person. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my bot is still broken, and I don't know why, but um still trying to work on getting that up. I just need to fix, find out where it's broken, because it's not doing a job. Anyway, back at chat. Um, let's see, lots of people talking about tepidly toxic. Glad this came up, because it's something I wondered about. Uh, Milo was not, book was not called, called, Milo's book was not pulled because of a gay relationship. It was called, pulled because he was extremely toxic. Talked about, uh, as Fuzzwolf says, talked about t advocated pedophilia on a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, nobody, uh, no one is saying that Milo wasn't uh, uh, a hor saying hor horrible things. It's, no, no, uh, uh, that wasn't, uh, the, the gay relationship is not an example of why Milo's was pulled. Uh, but that was my fear about the, like, morality clauses. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. like, People think it's about, you know, advocating for the death of one entire group of people or something. But no, if, if, if somebody else thinks it's immoral for you to take birth control, I mean, it's, can they, can they pull the book because of that morality clause? I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where you know why they're doing it and you sign the contract, but you eye it and go... This could be a slippery slope, and I trust you not to make this the slope, but I don't necessarily trust everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, uh, that's the thing about contracts. It's like they're, they're written in a way to where you're supposed to think, well, you really wouldn't go that far, would you? But the right is there. They have the right to do various things, and that is really concerning sometimes i had a contract that they would not budge on almost anything including some of the more bizarre requests that is one of those well they wrote it to to protect themselves from this minor thing but you could interpret it to really cover a whole bunch of stuff like you know a lot of a lot of contracts say they're allowed to use your likeness to sell books so that means like your author photo and your book cover in an ad about your book. Or you could have a 12-story image of you in Times Square promoting somebody else's book from that publisher. Yeah. They can do that, and too. You're pretty sure they're never going to do that one, yeah. but that's why you have a, a contract lawyer whose job is basically to go through and and write things like subject to author approval and so on and so yeah. forth. Uh, it's as as someone or other clever person said. Always assume that every contract will be litigated by your 
most unlikable relative. So, Ew. like, if I if I drop dead tomorrow, uh, who is going to enforce my will? Well, in my case, it's Kevin, so it's not a big deal. But right. suppose we both drop dead horribly, and by some chain, it winds up at some horrible relative who is out to soak everybody for as much as they can get. So you have to write it to make sure that, you know, it won't be used against you. Right. Um, Jordan is going through a number of puns in chat, and um, I've already used the angry numbers ninja mallet icon. So I'm glad I got a chance to use that because it's my new favorite icon. But, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I will say one uh, one good way to find yourself running afoul of that is to become a Twitter main character, which... Ooh, good segue! Head. Was that not good? That was that was brilliant. That was Matt-level segue right there. Oh, that was great. great. Uh, and uh, the, the recent Twitter main character in Writerverse is the Kidney Lady. The Kidney Lady. Damn! That was a hell of a thing. Uh, so Wait, can can I can I do a little bit of backstory? Just what oh, he keeps do, thinking do, me do. about. It keeps yeah. reminding me about. David Sedaris writes some very dark, dark humor, very dark humor. In fact, someone once told me um, that you could never make a joke out of a child death, and I'm like, oh, David Sedaris did that. Um, and it's a Christmas story, but. Uh, he has a story called, uh, Christmas Means Giving, about these complete consuming capitalist people who are just awful people, but then they see their neighbor who they've been doing, like, uh, they've been trying to fight with each other on one-upmanship and everything. You know, one has pre-Columbian furniture, well, the other one bought pre-pre-Columbian furniture, or colonial yeah, colonial, yeah. not Colombian. Colombian furniture, I believe, would uh, what we'd have remaining would be rocks. Right, right. My bad. It's all so, good. so yeah, the um, somewhere there is somebody who is like, yes, these are authentic rock chairs. Yes, exactly. Um, but but it goes yeah. on to be like, so then they see their neighbor give the. A, a beggar a dollar and they took a picture of themselves giving this man a dollar and they put it on their Christmas card next year and said Christmas means giving and so it becomes this one-upmanship of what can you give away and they keep being like lauded at parties for giving away kidneys and lungs and one woman had her teeth and her breast removed and then discovered too late that no one wants those and so, but my favorite line from the story is she strung the teeth on a necklace to give to a very startled cancer patient. Um, but oh. it, it's like the, they're, they're giving just everything for the point of being lauded at parties and being able to put it on their Christmas card. That I just keep thinking about that because the backstory of the kidney lady is she, it starts out all altruistic and nice because she said she wanted to, uh, I can't remember how she, heard about it but she wanted to give uh, uh blind kidney donation right people should do that it's fantastic if you if you are a person who can do that do it yes but there's a reason there's a lot of mental health screening for donors yes so there's uh they want to so she gave a kidney save someone's life good for her but then the world kept turning but then, 
Well, at first she made like a Facebook page about it, which fine, whatever, and invited people who she sort of knew casually and then went after them because they sending them emails noting that they had not because they hadn't like interacted with her posts about her kidney donation enough. Mm-hmm. And then like a year later, she's at a writer's conference and nobody brings it up. And she's like, do writers really not care about my kidney? And yeah. you're sort of between it's great. You gave someone a kidney, but this is cringy and weird. And uh, no, they are not thinking about your kidney. They're thinking about writing books and you're getting really strange. And who would want to be, I mean, I I guess we all have what we want to be known for. And uh, I don't know if you feel this, Ursula, but, you know, I've got that thing of, well, my dream has been to write. The podcasting thing just kind of happened. When I die, am I going to be known for podcasting or writing or both? I don't know. Um, But, I mean, if one of them was, like, giving a kidney and one of them was writing, I'd be like, well, could you guys stop talking about my kidney donation? I want to talk about my new book. And But, no, she needs this like narcissistic thing of, of approval with the kidney donation. And then here comes the supporting character in the story. Who is also not blameless, but to a much less weird degree. Yeah. Uh, who after, you know, uh, a few kajillion posts about this and getting emailed to be, why, why aren't you talking about my kidney kind of thing? It's like, to her writer's chat group, this is bizarre, and I'm going to write a story about a woman with a white savior complex donating a kidney and being weird about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does this, and uh, it's uh, this is lit fic, so oh, yeah. nobody's getting rich. None, none of us will ever have, hear about this. Uh, none of us would have ever heard about this if not for the New York Times article. And then stuff just goes off the rails. Like, uh, the the woman who wrote the story uh, used too much of the, or like, uh, copied the letter that uh, uh, the kidney woman had written to her uh, uh, recipient, which of course she had posted on Facebook. And... God. But this, bear in mind, this is an unpublished story, so no one would know about this. Except that, like, someone read it and was like, hey, this kidney story is great. And the kidney lady is like, what? Someone wrote a kidney story and didn't tell me. And starts going after the, you know, like, contacting the the writer, like, a few dozen times about, why uh, why didn't you tell me about this? Uh, And the woman's like, "Uh, I, it's not really based on you. I just wrote it. It was totally based on her. Yeah. and so it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder, and no one comes out covered terribly in glory, but, like, one person is sort of guilty of being a bit of a dick. and uh, <laughs> Ambitious and poorly covers her tracks. Poorly covers her tracks. Like, yes, absolutely should have, uh, should not have used nearly as much of the letter, and was absolutely, you know, being cliquish and rude with her friends in private on, like, a group email or something. But then the kidney woman sues her and starts contacting, uh, or first contacts literary festivals and is telling them under no circumstances to have this woman and 
writing the Boston Globe to, you know, she's plagiarized my my letter and and we're not even talking about, you know, a very long stretch of anything and it's like it gets weirder and weirder and then the woman sues for harassment and the other woman countersues and one and then she kidney lady subpoenas all of the group chats she wasn't in and discovers that yes these people in this writers group don't even don't do not like her because she's weird and needy and which is just the moral of the story here is really never subpoena group chats for the love of god <laughs> that's the i mean that's a lesson but you know uh, it's it's one of those other people in life are probably going to talk shit about you. I accept that other people in my life have undoubtedly talked shit about me. And you know what I don't do? I don't go looking for it. I, I do not attempt to, to find yeah. group chats. It's, it's, it's a terrible idea. And, uh, and then it ends with Kidney Lady is now stalking the woman, you know, dropping in on all her Zoom performances, suing her for $150,000. Uh, even her lawyer is telling her to drop it, and she won't. And uh, wow, you read the whole story because I, I, I didn't get that far. I was just, you know, yes, I was hurting and, my neck by shaking my head so much. Yes, and so it was one of those. Somebody was cringy, really cringe, super cringy with no boundaries. Somebody else did something that was rude, and they probably should not have done. But then the escalation of massive lawsuit and stalking and stuff is like way disproportionate also the kidney lady is is doing this to a writer of color who you know is obviously a a, a sort of social disadvantage on that front and it and then the big like twist that we all learned from twitter is that the new york times article where the kidney lady comes off frankly as a really narcissistic weird stalker uh she had been pitching the kidney lady had pitched that story for like three years to various news outlets and finally the new york times took it up and it was like this is the weirdest small stakes most bizarre literary drama and yeah I am fascinated and cannot look away, and also I am so glad it is happening to a genre that isn't mine for yeah. once. <laughs> that's true. We usually have all, a lot of the drama, or YA. Yes, uh, uh, romance, YA, and science fiction are, you know, uh, I, I dabble a toe in each, and it's, it's just lovely sometimes to see writers behaving badly when it's not anyone you know, and you're like, oh, thank yeah. God. This isn't one of mine. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's very strange. So we are, uh, I'm going to catch up with chat. Jordan says, I'm just trying not to be known for Dracula fuck mansion. Uh, Preemie says, uh, this, but, but why wouldn't you want I to know, I know. A lot of people are agreeing with you. This is lit fic, the final say, says Preemie. Uh, Kids Are Sleep agrees that Dracula fuck mansion would not be the worst thing to be known for. Kidney Lady reminds me of that one writer who tracked down a Goodreads reviewer who left a mediocre review of her book, found out the what? reviewer's real name, address, and drove to her home to give her a self-help book. That was like, Jay and Silent Bob did that. That's that's a joke from a movie. Why why would you think that was a good idea? And then, and then wrote a biographical, an autobiographical piece about it where presumably she thought she would come out as the, the, uh, the sympathetic character. 
And instead, you know, all the writers on Earth are like, all the reviewers are like, oh my god, this is my worst nightmare. Uh, okay, so yeah, I got something to say about that, but I want to catch up with Chad. EA Podcast, who is uh, Marguerite this time around. When we're talking about the subpoenaed all the chats, Marguerite says, please, no, some of us poor schlubs have to read it all. Uh, Marguerite, the <laughs> lawyer. So, yes, yeah. please don't subpoena yeah. pages and pages and, and reefs. Which I ran out of words. Honestly, don't do that. the group chat that Burr and I are in, you could probably subpoena them and... They would be funny and not terribly malicious to anyone except uh, the exes of some of the uh, the participants. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Premi laughs at a writer having $150,000. Um, I know plenty of writers who have $150,000. They're not literary writers, and mm. it took them a long time to get there. Yeah. Uh, Jordan says the best part of the story is where the writer says, well, I've made a total of $45 off this story. Um, My favorite line was, do writers just not care about my kidney? (laughs) Which which was apparently actually what she said she thought at a writer's conference a year later where no one brought up her kidney donation. And it was just, I, I, I had to stop and walk around for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Christian Writing says, I need a lifetime movie about Kidney Lady. Um, we all do. It will probably make a lot more money than uh, uh, anyone made off any of these stories. Oh, Hossarian says, the, the internet is so confusing. Is Kidney Lady related to Couch Guy? I came in late. I'm not sure who Couch Guy is. No, I think I missed Couch Guy. Uh, okay, and- Creamy, th- this, is, this is what I wanted to get to. I'm sorry, Ursula, I stepped over you again. Oh, no, for it. No, no. Okay, so Premi says, the main thing I want to know is why people are admitting to any of this. And um, this is the fascinating thing for me, which is, it's kind of like if you've read the Am I the Asshole Reddit or the Twitter feed that does the author's favorite Am I the Asshole episodes. So, episodes? Anyway, doesn't matter. Um the thing is, there are people who write, am I the asshole? And people will say, yes, you are the asshole. And they'll be like, nuh-uh. And they'll just yes, keep they digging argue. and digging and digging. And they're looking for one person to maybe validate something. And then they will be absolutely pleased because that one person says so. But they're just, it's like they can't comprehend that they would be wrong, which is not sure why you'd go to am I the asshole without realizing that it, there is a chance you are the asshole. So it's like people like this woman and people like authors who get bad reviews. It's like, why do you, why are you saying any of this out loud? I mean, we all have like the, the six-year-old in our head who wants to cry and stamp our feet when something unfair happens. But we know what toddlers look like when they cry and stamp their feet. They look like toddlers. So yeah, you might feel hurt that, you know, you did something big and no one paid attention. But, you know, do you want to... Can you be aware of what you look like when you you complain about that? Yeah, it's... it's, And also, I mean... There are a lot of faith traditions to which I do not belong, but which I admire, which are, if you're going to do charity, you do it in secret. Because... Yeah. uh, 
you know, what the hell? I'm not suggesting necessarily that you're going to donate a kidney in secret because uh, in this day and age, it's very hard to pull that off. I think people wonder why you dropped out for six months and now can, you know, not eat certain foods. But uh, it's the the need for acknowledgement of having done a thing sours people very quickly on you doing the thing. And it becomes like the David Sedaris thing of, okay, you're not actually doing this to help anyone. You just want to be the good person who did this. And now it's weird. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, of course, I say this from the grandiose height of someone with two kidneys. So, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But <laughs> you privileged asshole. I am. Did you know Howard Taylor was uh, uh, announced to Twitter he only has one kidney uh, the other day? It was not because he gave the other one away, although it being Howard, that is totally a thing he would do. He would. And never tell anyone, and then we would just learn casually in conversation that he donated a kidney to a random stranger because Howard is so goddamn nice. Uh, see, if you subpoena our group chats, this is what you're going to get. Us yes. Saying, God, Howard Taylor is so goddamn nice. Uh no, he's one of those people who's born with only one. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, I just wish to announce to the world that I have one kidney. I, and no one has ever thrown me a parade. So uh, <laughs> I, I wish to salute Howard and his mono kidney. Yes. But, yeah. There are people who I think would absolutely, and, and there are people who do, would absolutely give away body parts, bone marrow, anything to someone who needed them. And you would probably never know about it. And it's amazing. Does it matter to the recipient whether or not you're humble or weird and needy? I highly doubt it. But uh, there's a reason that when I give money to places, I usually just list myself as anonymous because yeah, that, you know. Yeah, frankly, I've uh, I I also do that to not get lots and lots of mail. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's another reason. Um, apparently there's something going on in chat where Premi found out a few years ago that when you get a donated kidney, they just leave the old one in there, just kind of floating around, which is that that's I, blowing pretty much I everyone's know, mind. I know they're a lot smaller than people think, but I still feel like, like, that's a lot of space. <laughs> Phased out wants extra ones, even though it still works. I want five. <laughs> I think um, we made episode, more organs means more healthy. Mm-hmm. What a healthy boy and such plentiful organs. Yes. So I, I want to bring up another um, person who's fighting with the kidney lady to be the main main character on Twitter today. Is it Joyce Carol Oates? What the fuck? Yes. I swear to God, she saw a kidney lady and was like, oh, no. my beer. My, my, yeah, how dare you? I was the main character last week and you are not taking the crown from me. Yes. Uh, I Here's the thing. I will admit I've never read any Joyce Carol Oates, but what the hell happened? I don't know. She always like that. I don't know. It's very strange. She She's coming onto Twitter and saying these grandiose, absolute statements. And I've said it on all of my podcasts. You There's no absolutes in writing. Except for one, you have to write. If you want to be a writer, you have to write. I don't care when you do it. I don't care how often you do it. I don't care if you use adverbs. I don't care if you use the singular they. You just have to yes, write. I don't care if you get published. Yeah, exactly. I, I and, really don't care if you get so, published. It's fine. Do 
whenever you're somebody super, super fancy and you come out, you just basically, it's, it's like she comes up to the microphone and says the thing about why the singular they will never be accepted for use in the English language. And then you could just hear her go, she wouldn't mic drop because that's rude. She just walks off. And there's a ton of people going, it's been singular for years, years singular and years, day, hundreds of years. In fact, singular day, as I was just reading, was written so long ago that they did not have the character for TH at the time. They had the thing that's like a line with a, with a, that looks like a little flag. Really? Uh, yeah, this, uh, that looks like like a weird P crossed with a flag. So to write they because they didn't have th as things. That's how old it is. Like Shakespeare used it. it it's yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm checking um, because Stephen King writes the road to hell is paved with adverbs, and then if you open any Stephen King book, you're gonna see adverbs. You're gonna see them. They're they're a part of our language. You're gonna see them. And so I wanted somebody to find uh, use of the singular they in Joyce Carol Oates' books. I'm assuming someone's going to write a script and do a search. I'm not asking anybody to read it. And if they do, I'll say it here, too. I will donate $100 to the Trevor Project in their name, or Joyce Carol Oates' name, if you'd prefer. Um, and I'll probably do it anyway if people can't find it, because, you know, Trevor Project's awesome. But, yeah, it's it's like, you're not the... You're, you don't keep... You're not the gatekeeper to the English language. You don't get to say what's words and what's not. Do you also just say, uh, you know, whatever the Merriam-Webster says the, the new word of the year is or new added words, is she just going to refuse to use any of those because they're not... I like the, the, the kidney thing, which is more just honestly all of us engaging in our baser instinct to, to gawk at a car wreck. This has actual ramifications for non-binary people, people who choose not to use uh, the uh, gendered pronouns. Like, this is actually matters to people, and it's a, a, a... When you get people with large platforms saying nobody gets to use they as a singular... You're like basically telling a whole chunk of society who is already dealing with a lot of shit when it comes to pronouns that they don't get to be themselves. Yeah. And it's harmful. I, it's actually yeah, harmful. I wrote an entire book where a, a uh, not one of the two protagonists, but the, the person who travels with them is non-binary and uses they pronouns and it worked fine. I don't think anybody was terribly confused. The the I had like one or two, uh, I think, comments that was like, I found the day thing confusing. Well, all right, go for it. Uh, be confused then. And the weirdest li linguistic thing I had to do was uh, use themselves instead of themselves, which the like. A word was all is this a word and i'm like it's a word now word so you're gonna deal with it um yeah yeah that's interesting i've sometimes tried to use singular they and i'm not sure what verb to what what form of the verb to use but i don't think anyone really cares about that um let's see yeah, i just used it exactly if i if i had to stop and ask i would just substitute a gendered pronoun yeah. and uh, in my head and see what looked right for that and then kick it out and put in singular then. That's how you figure out whether to use who or whom, by the way. Um, yes. 
If it's, it's also, uh, uh, sorry, Mur, I, I no, go ahead. stepped on you there. Uh, the book What Moves the Dead has a protagonist uh, who is uh, non-binary is the wrong word, but I guess non-binary uh, in that their culture has a separate set of pronouns for soldiers. Hmm. And one of the things that I, uh, in uh, my fantasy novels, the, the uh, gnolls, which are sort of a fantasy race of like badger people, uh, have a complicated... Uh, pronoun structure that has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with your uh, your particular caste in society. So when they're translating, it's like, okay, all all job gnolls are he, all uh, rag and bone gnolls are she, all healers are you don't have a word for that, so we use are because they're sort of owned by the community. And I, yeah, I, I have done some very complicated things there. And in order to figure out, because, you know, I am uh, not God knows terribly good at remembering uh, grammar rules. I'm not a person who invents like languages. I, when I was writing these various characters, I would stop, I would substitute a pronoun that I am familiar with, and then I would be like, okay, so here is where I use this version, and here is where I use that version. The biggest problem I had with the, the soldier pronouns is which one would be the equivalent of, uh, say, he or she, and which one would be his or her, mm -hmm. uh, like the possessives or whatnot, and then he's or she's, I would I'd sit there going, okay, I hope the copy editor can catch this, because I'm confusing myself after a point. But once it's actually in the text, it all just flows, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um... Back to chat. Uh, Veil of Waits Cat says, Tangentially related, but Neon Yang's Black Tides of Heaven series has multiple they-them characters as a great series and reads seamlessly. Yes. Um, I believe they've had multiple award nominations. Did they win any? I can't remember. But anyway, yes. Uh, the Black Tides of Heaven series. Amazing. Um... Yes, the uh, Hussarian says there's nothing funnier than old pedants raging against the inevitable, inevitable change slash drift of language. And uh, Fuzzwolf reminds us that this is the second time this week uh, Joyce Carol Oates has been the main character of Twitter because she also says... <laughs> oh, right, she got really pissed about the, the uh, Halloween. Halloween display. Yes. Yeah, she's like... It's like someone told her that Halloween existed or dark humor existed or something because she's like looking at skeletons going oh this is very very poorly poor poor Hell, they're not yeah. warning for anyone if oh yeah this is a joke and it's like honey this is halloween <laughs> it's a it's halloween b you know other cultures have dead people too mm -hmm. and they all interact with them the same way we you do yeah I mean, yeah it was a lot Christian Writing says she did try to walk back the they-them thing by saying she would respect a person's they-them pronouns if she was informed of them, but I don't know. Well, it's good! Like, why, would you, why would you say it in the first place? Who do you think... Who is improperly using they as a singular, if not someone who wants to use the... who wants to adopt those pronouns? And, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe she like she prefers his slash her or he slash she she, 
because that's really easy to say, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's a lot, and this is frankly why you should have a group of friends. They don't all have to be writers, but people who, when you're about to go off on a tear like this, will sit you down and say, Honey, no. This is the, no, you are crossing lines. Don't do this. Don't pursue this. You gotta chill. That is honestly, I think, the best use of peer networks, not necessarily getting published or improving your craft. Just have somebody to rein you in and say, nope, you have lost the plot. Yeah. Velvite's Cat says, just wondering aloud, but did a non-binary skeleton kill Joyce Carol Oates' parents or something? <laughs> um... EA Podcast dead. They were skeletons. Yes. EA Podcast has left for dinner, but I would like to uh, let people know that EA Podcast will be streaming at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, they do like a, a amusing read. They usually do a reading and some very other amusing stuff, often including their sourdough starter Chungus. And they've read yeah. both work from me and work from Ursula. So we know we have they they have great taste. So I'm gonna put them back in the chat uh, for shout out, and y'all can see them in about three and three hours and 45 minutes. Woo! Absolutely check them out. Well, we spent a lot of time bitching about, you know, famous, more famous people on Twitter. Uh, uh -huh. uh, do we have anything else to talk about? Are we, do people have questions? Burr, you were going to talk about the thing! The thing you can't talk about, but your emotions about the thing! Oh, the emotions about the thing. Um... Well, it's, it's, it's a number of things. It's like both, I've been really trying to focus on goal setting this year and, um, which everyone knows something's going to come up that you don't plan for, but I'm having to make the decision of, I'm probably going to be making the decision of where everything I, everything in my life right now is prioritized because that's probably going to have to shift. And but for a good thing, not like yes. not like murder suddenly needs a kidney. Yes, yes. Nothing kidney related, nothing health related. It's just one of those that's like this is that's going to require decisions, and I'm not good with decisions. So I, I don't I don't know what I wanted to talk about because it's I I can only speak vaguely and say, you know moving stuff around to prioritize uh Put, put your priorities in different order is hard. <laughs> so I guess that's what I want to say. It Thank is. You, if you've been focused on one thing and, you know, and it can be a good thing. It, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but there's a sort of brain upheaval. I mean... Yes, uh, there's, that's true. My switch from being a, a illustrator to being primarily a writer and being a, uh, a children's book author to being a, an adult author, there, there were lots of stuff. And that's, you know, just within genre and writing. So it's, yeah. So Ursula, I am so excited. Someone has finally summoned Evil Myrrh. And it's been weeks. Weeks and weeks Myrrh. since someone sum summoned even Evil Myrrh. What is Evil Myrrh? Hang on, I gotta put my mustache on. Oh no. Okay. We 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 are We've summoned evil Mur. Ryder Benjamin has spent the channel points to summon evil Mur. So first we hit the button that did nothing. Son of a fucking damn twitch. All right, I'll do it manually. Um 
Someone pick a- Ursula, pick a number between 1 and 13. Uh... 6. 6. Yeah, maybe this Everyone always says 7, but damn it, we are- we are- we are avoiding primes right now. I hate everything. So, uh, it- nothing happened. So I'm gonna have to- I... Alright, I'll just make one up. Evil Mar has good writing advice. Yeah, it's, it's a chroma key's messing it up. Sorry about that. So, um, yeah, Evil Mur gives great advice. And Evil Mur says, um, actually, everyone should run back to Twitter and start saying absolutes in their writing advice and tag Joyce Carol Oates. Try to turn it into an internet slap fight. Dox yourself and blame it on her and see what happens because that will be exciting and it will get your name out there and you will sell books because people love to buy books from people who are the uh, main character on Twitter. So that's my I advice. I had this all set up easily to be seamless with this awesome tech I have and I think the Twitch hack just completely fucked everything. So, sorry I was uh, working on a... Yeah. Mustache so off. Evil, evil Mer's advice, therefore, is uh, try to become the Twitter main character by any means possible because it will help advance your career. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Ursula. Yeah, it's, right. uh, you just want to attach yourself to Joyce Carol Oates' apron strings or coattails or whatever they say and just follow her into Twitter fame. 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 Yes. Uh, I know that I personally uh, move anyone who is involved in a Twitter fight up my to-be-read pile. Exactly. Sorry, oh, I'm so sorry we are actually out of dog treats. Um, it's on the list to buy more of. So I'm gonna have to... We'll have to bank that. Mm, itchy nose. But yes, that was... It. Thank you for summoning Evil Mer. Also, it tells me I apparently have to fix all of this. Apparently, when you attach a lot of things to Twitch, when you change your Twitch password, it breaks everything. So, that's fun. Give the dog cat treats. I don't have a cat! Yeah, I, you are that rarest of writers who does not have a cat. I know. I know. It's okay, we still love you anyway. I, and, I, and I don't dislike them, but I don't... worship them. You, you, you are not missing... Uh, you, you do not feel the lack of cat in your life. Exactly. Especially since when I'm on the floor, Rosa wants to get in my lap, and that's, you know... That's, that's a lot of dog. That's a lot of dog. Yeah. She's very sweet. But she's Tom a lot of dog. My husband, too. He will, he will lay on the floor for his back, and the dog is like, I throw myself down next to you and wiggle. <laughs> Oh god, I got so much shit to fix. Oh. Anyway. And this is the other thing that they don't tell you about the glamorous writing life, which is a lot of it is spent some days fighting your passwords. Yes. Um, no, the Rota, we don't give the dogs people food anymore since uh, I inadvertently gave the dog pancreatitis this winter, this past winter, and I still feel guilty about it. So we are very, very d diligent with our... Uh, only dog food to dogs. Yeah. Uh, a few Twitches ago, you mentioned a book you were writing that was longer than anything you'd ever written. Are we permitted to know the title? Yes, that book is Station Eternity. 
It is uh, out from Ace in one year. And I'm working on copy edits right now. And I'm getting blurbs and Ursula's read it. And um, yeah. I think that's... I blurbed it. Yes, you did. Thank you. Yes. Of course. I appreciate that. But yeah, the... Uh... The long lead time on publishing can be a killer because everybody's like, but I want to read the book now. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, pet guilt is the worst. Yes, it, it was. It was the worst. And the worst, the, the even worst part was once he got better, he kept acting sick. I never knew he was that smart. He kept acting sick because he liked the treatment he was getting. Yep. The little shit. And I told the vet when she called, I'm like, he's a little shit. And I think I startled her. Our, our beagle would do the same thing. He he had an injured paw, mm -hmm. and he would limp on it piteously. And then we caught him running around, and as soon as he saw us, he froze and then lifted the paw, except it was the wrong paw. <laughs> and we're like, oh, no, buddy, you're busted. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan asks Ursula, true or false, what moves the dead is in the same EU as Watership Down? Uh, false, as far as I know, although that is a fascinating and horrifying thought. Um, if it is, then, uh, wow, that makes it way worse. It, the, the main characters are not rabbits, though. Like, ah. like the, the narrator is not a rabbit. So, yes, they, they are humans. Uh, yeah, but rabbits, or hares in this case, are very prominent. Uh, Phased Out says, I'm sure you've published something since Six Wakes. I need to read more Murr. Um, actually, I worked on IP for the last couple of years, so I wrote the uh, novelization to the solo movie, and I wrote a middle-grade Minecraft book, uh, The Lost Journals. So that's, um, that's what I've been up to. And then, like, I got this deal, and then I lost my editor, and the pandemic hit, and lots of anxiety and and depression and it 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 put it put the book back and so now even though i'm it's going strong people are liking it and they're blurbing it uh it's still not coming out until october of next year so that's the kind of sad thing so yeah you can read solo you can read the lost journals if you like middle grade but yeah i have not done a lot of writing. I do have something coming out from Audible, and I have no idea what... because Audible works differently than publishers. Um, I don't know what their lead time is now that I've... I, I We have another copy editing round, but after that, they're gonna make the songs in the, the show and get a narrator who's not me because I can't sing. And I don't know when they're going to put it out, but that is called, um, what the hell is that one called? The Ophelia Network. That's what it's called. So the Ophelia Network coming, uh, novella coming from Audible sometime, and Station Eternity coming out in uh, one year. So that's what I have going on. And then I'm working on the second book in the Midsolar Murders uh trilogy. It's not a trilogy, it's a series. We actually talked about that. That was another thing I wanted to talk about. We are running long. Um, we started late. It's all yeah. good. I realized that uh, 
I had a three book deal, but we'd never discussed whether I was working on a series or a trilogy because they're they're uh, framed differently. And um, talked to my editor, and she rather had in mind the more serious thing, which is like uh, I guess the the Dresden books. The Harry Dresden books by Jim Butcher. It's in the Sookie Stackhouse books. There's a little bit of character development throughout, but there's not one overarching arc that starts with book one, goes to shit in book two, and is resolved in book three. So um, that was interesting to... I, I've never actually thought about that. And also, I don't know how to write a trilogy, so I'm hoping to have a couple of people on to figure out how that's structured. And it's scary because, you know, if your first book or your first book and your second book don't do well, they're not going to want the third one. So trilogy's taken is taking a big risk. Yeah, and there are lots of authors where we are in trilogy interruptus. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And, and these days, you know, one you have options on self-pubbing the third one, and people have done it, but it's it's a huge uh, amount of work and a total change of venue, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan is promoting What Moves the Dead. Uh, when does that come out? Yay! Uh, I want to say June of next year. Okay. Uh, Netherland Bone is April. That one is in June. Um, I think think and then there's like another one after that but i don't remember wait hang on i have a i have a spreadsheet uh here spreadsheet come to ursula uh writer benjamin says should i read solo or minecraft first well they're not connected in the least so if you want to read a novelization that enhances and puts a lot of different points of view into Solo, go for that. If you like Minecraft, go for that one. How does one come to write a middle-grade Minecraft book? Do you love Minecraft really loudly on Twitter until they notice you? Um, no, it's usually agents and people who run the IP um, books, the IP imprints. You know, they know each other and they'll, they go out, you know, you've heard about the famous lunches. They, the, the agents and editors go out to lunch. Well, what they're doing is they're talking about what authors they have that like things and ask if they have any work. I love Star Wars and my agent was having lunch with the Star Wars editor and, uh, you know, said, Murd really loves Star Wars. You think there's anything for her? And I did a short story, and then I did another short story, and then they contacted me to do solo. Um, with Minecraft, whoever was uh, actually on the Minecraft staff, someone requested me, which was a big flattery. Um, I've played Minecraft. I have not delved into it super deep because I'm really good at it. I'm really good at making square houses and maybe putting a window oh. in. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm always building like the I find a lake, I build my like, uh, you know, Swedish modern pine and glass cube and uh, maybe plant some plants around and then I'm done for the next year. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I don't have the visual creativity to build a lot in Minecraft. So um, I did enjoy it. I I had fun with it. I did some more playing to do some research. I realized that I had to... The strange thing about the Minecraft book was I had to adhere to the rules of the game, which include the fact that there's... While you can grow pumpkins, there's no food you can make from pumpkins, I don't think. I don't know. I ran into something regarding pumpkins and that they made me change it. And But dogs can still teleport. And uh, obsidian cannot be blown up by a monster. And I had them build a portal and was going to have it blown up and then realized I couldn't do that. That was great. So yeah, that was, that was running into interesting problems there. But um, yeah. Preemie says, conversely, if they buy a duology and you slam the door shut in the second book, they might spring a third book on you. Just saying. Just, just hypothetically. Ursula, have you found your spreadsheet? Yes, I found my spreadsheet. Uh, okay, April, Metal and Bone comes out, and then July, the novella, uh, What Moves the Dead comes out, and then in October, another novella is currently slated to come out, and then we're into 2023, and, you know, that's just apocalyptically far away. Yes. Yes, indeed. But yes, I, I am, I have, a, a, a basically two, a set of two contracts with, uh, uh, Tor and Nightfire for multiple books, and, uh, they are going, to, since they are, you know, sort of the branches of the same house, they're going to be alternating them for, uh, a while. And then I, fortunately, they've been super cool about me also being a self-published author. Mm -hmm. So whenever there is sort of a sizable enough gap in the publishing schedule, I just slide, uh, I can just slide a novel in there. Right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, if y'all have any more questions, put them in the chat. But Ursula and I uh, need to take a break and then we're going to be recording, not streaming. Um we're recording our guest of honor interviews. We were going to be guests of honor. Well, we still are guests of honor at VCon, but we found out a couple of weeks ago that, yeah, that that wasn't going to happen because not in uh, person. Yeah. Sorry. So, not in person anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were we were excited to go out there, but then it just, you know, things were going bad again. So we had to decide. To not go, so we have to. We're recording that. Um, how long is a gap? But well, long enough for me to get some water and a snack, and Ursula to put makeup on. Yes. But like I, I said, know. I'm not streaming that. So yeah, you, you won't to... actually get to see this unless you're at VCon, yeah, uh, virtual, which is uh, uh, when is that again? Mer? It's this month. I think it's after the week. Shoot. Let me look it up real quick so that we're not people who are, yeah. you know. I just know I have to finish my comments on the workshop stuff. Ah, yes. It will begin October 14th and end on Sunday the 17th. Right. Yes. So, absolutely come. Log in virtually. See lots of cool people. Not just us. Yes. Oh, oh! How long is the gap for self-publishing? You said when you get a oh. long enough gap for, with your contracts. Um, this actually depends on the publishing house. Uh, some of them have a uh, 
non-compete clause is the wrong phrase, but basically they don't want anyone to step on the publication of their book. So, for example, they want everybody to be excited about and go buy their book, not they don't want you to put out a book like 10 minutes afterwards and it to steal all of the, the thunder, essentially. Uh, there's a lot you can say about that, which is... Uh, eh. Me, personally, if I find an author and I liked their book, I want to go buy all the other books yeah. by that author. Yeah. But there are, you know, weird notions of scarcity. Uh, and some houses are really, like, we want six months around our book. And that is the point where you get your agent to go and laugh at them. Uh, because... That's okay. If you're me, you get your agent to go laugh at them because you know if I take six months off on publishing anything, uh, I will be I will die in a ditch next to Target uh, of starvation. Uh, I'll die in the ditch next to Walmart, but Murr has kindly agreed to drag my body to Target. Exactly, you will not be left in a ditch outside of Walmart. Not on my watch. Uh, other houses are more lenient and are just like, can you not do it within three months? Uh, I, three months is usually workable for me. And even then, uh, frequently, uh, I've had my agent carve out very specific exceptions. Like, um, basically, my Paladin books, I could publish one of those at any time. It's, it's been carved out that I am allowed to do that. Realistically, I'm not going to step on another, you know, book with it, but, uh, that one, um, yeah, it's uh, it helps that the editors at Tor or the editor Tor is also a fan of the Paladin books. So yeah, that's that's you know, stuff like that. That's the kind of, of thing you you want to be able to do if you're try if you're a hybrid author anyway. Which... Yeah, I was lucky that um, both Solo and Minecraft were being put out by Del Rey. So when my schedule came under uh, scrutiny they agreed that that solo could be worked on first because i needed to get it done to match the movie to, or rather to be co come out a couple months after the movie so um and minecraft could be out anytime so right but i was lucky lucky about that um lots of people pre-ordering your stuff yay also oh, i should mention i have a book out saturday that's the, right uh, uh, the next Paladin book, uh, Galen's Story, it is a queer romance. It is not as long as the previous two, um, so A, it is slightly cheaper, but B, don't be disappointed that, you know, it's not... It's only 80,000 words instead of 140,000, so... Uh, but, yeah. But it's not a novella. I have discovered that whenever anybody reads a book in one sitting, they think it's a novella. And it's like, no, it is literally twice the length of a novella. <laughs> I promise. But, you know. But yeah, Saturday. You can pre-order it. Uh, if we get enough pre-orders, I think I will be filmed reading epic poetry to a sheep. And uh, if you are a Patreon sponsor, patron person, you get it free uh, probably the evening of the 8th. What? So you what? said all the words I thought you said, didn't you? Uh, the if you're a Patreon. No, no, no. Before that, the sheep. 
Oh, oh, yes, I, I will read. I, if we exceed the uh, pre-orders from the first one, I will be filmed reading epic poetry to a sheep. Do you get I to choose the poetry? Uh, yes, I do get to choose the poetry. Okay. I do not get to choose the sheep. <laughs> Is there one sheep you'd rather have a, than another? Uh, there's there's at least one sheep I would really prefer not to have, mm. but uh, that's the ram, and I don't think Shepard is going to put me in with the ram because uh, he is a very good ram at what he does, but rams can be dangerous, even little pint-sized ones like this one. And uh, if he decided that I was a menace, uh, he could take out my knees. Ah, and, okay. like like actually not just knock me over, like genuinely take my knees down. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, male livestock is uh, you got to keep an eye on them, and uh, particularly the the breeding livestock is uh, they are not your friend; they are your colleague. But you have to be very aware that you are dealing with a potentially dangerous animal who can turn on you and become dangerous. So that is my my. Yes, that is, that is my my uh, brief commentary on Rams. Okay. Um, Ursula, lots of people want you to come back, so I will probably have you back on either I Should Be Writing or whatever we decide to do with Ditch Diggers. Um, I, am, I am delighted. I am at your disposal. Yay, thank I'm you. Podcasting is not a strange new world for me, although I'm not nearly as prolific at it as you are. <laughs> um. So yeah, tell people. Well, you've mentioned all your pre-orders. Uh, overall, where where should they find you online? Uh, go to Twitter. Um, I'm Ursula V. If you want the uh, the books and uh, specifically, uh, this is handy for some people. Content warnings on all of the books. Go to Red Wombat Studio, and you can click the books. And every description will have content warnings at the bottom if you are concerned about uh, any of the the things which. I am delighted to provide those. All right. Well, thank you all. And thank you for bringing your people over, Ursula. And And thank you guys for hanging out with Dish Diggers. Uh, My name is Mer Lafferty. You can see more about me. Sorry? I feel like Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Let my people chat, Mer. I did. I did. Yes, you did. Yeah, no, you're cool. Anyway. all good. Uh... Yes, I will be at uh, Merverse.com, Mighty Mer on Twitter. And um, yeah, I'm doing lots of stuff right now, and it's overwhelming and a little scary, but that's fun. Anyway, uh, we're going to raid Space Valkyries because Space Valkyries is always fun to raid. Will this work? Of course not. Yeah, my entire stream deck is broke. So um, the, the raid call is murray hashtag murray and chickens if you have uh the subscriber chicken thing uh gotta write gotta type the thing did i spell that spell that right probably let's see all right we are raiding space valkyries um lovely calm stream i really like following her and thank you all for hanging out. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll be mentioning on Twitter and my site and, and I should be writing and on 
I guess that's it. But what the decisions I make about what to do with this podcast as we move forward. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you very much, Ursula. Thank you oh. for having me, Lord. Thank you for the follow up, Switch. Your stunt mat. Yes, you are stunt mat. You can support us at patreon.com slash mighty murr. Ditch diggers! Theme song by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com